Cindy Couchman, Superintendent of Schools with Bueller USD 313, is with us. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning. All right. Well, first, let's talk about um, we had folks in from the Bueller Education Foundation. Laura Meyer Dick came in and talked to us, and uh, Paul Erickson as well, to talk about an, uh, an event that they had to try to uh, kind of raise the money that you guys can't raise through uh, through school funding means related to these new child care centers. So, how'd that go? Oh, it was such a great evening. I'm telling you, they did such a great job uh, of of organizing it and planning the event. Um, I think the total take home, like after expenses was about almost $70,000 from the event. And it was just phenomenal. And not only was there people there willing to give their resources for this daycare project in our community, but it was just a ton of fun on top of it, which makes it um, even more enjoyable. And, you know, they had, uh, they had auctions they ha- and live auctions. Um, they had wonderful food. There was a band. Um, we just had a good time for a really good cause. All right. And so now for those capital outlay projects, the daycares and the Ad Astra project, where, where are those at in the project? process. Yeah, so we're moving right along. Uh, we had bids that we sent out for our contractors just last week, and they came. They were due to be turned in on January 31st. Um, we had sort of a pre-bid meeting, and uh, we've kind of gotten them organized. Our construction manager at risk, which is Simpsons, they kind of organized our low to high bids for us, and we will be accepting our uh, bids on Monday night's board meeting, and so contracts will be sent out next week and just like that the next week demolition begins on all three buildings and we're pretty excited about that we've seen some renderings and floor plans now um, it's really starting to come to life and that's always fun you know I'm I'm not as visual person as some people so the renderings of the like the pictures of actual what it would look like always help me and so the the bids and the contracts will be going out next week after our board meeting Monday night all right and then so you'll start demolition and it, what's the what's the goal here to get everybody moved into all the different places in the fall? Yeah, so we are committed to Ad Astra Academies being in their location by the start of school year next year. The daycares, it's a little bit harder to say this is going to happen because we have to wait on fire marshal approval, um, KDHE approval. Um, so that's a little bit trickier to say we will be. Um, but I know that the buildings itself will be done in the fall. The actual approval for everything, you know, it might be a month or two after it. I would assume, like, without making this, you know, um, even a stretch of a goal, that the, the child care facilities would be open by January. Um, but that would be, you know, would be great if we could do it beforehand. But we have a lot of people that sometimes we have to wait on for a while. Right. Yeah. You have to have all of those, especially when you have uh, three and below centers, you have to have all kinds of approvals that you don't otherwise. Plus, you have to hire staff for those. Yep. And and that's hard enough to find. Um, so, yeah, there's there's those ends of things, too. Yeah, I kind of I see it as a soft opening when we might start with a soft opening with um, maybe infants first or uh, maybe just toddlers. I could see it kind of easing into it just a little bit. The first couple months, um, we hire staff and then we say, okay, we have this many openings. And then we hire another staff member. Now we're going to have this many openings and just sort of um, what I would call a soft opening. Okay. And when you're recruiting teachers for the coming year, which you're already in that process. Oh, yes, we are. Um, 
what are you telling them about these places right now and, and the, the potential for growing families to bring their families to the Bueller district? Yeah, you know, that's going to be tricky because that's what that's why we would like to be able to do a soft opening with maybe infants, um, or at least in the beginning, um, because it is a recruiting tool, if you want to know the truth, for our families. When, we are at, when we're interviewing teachers right now that have young kids and most of our staff right now, the majority of our staff are between, you know, uh, zero to 10 years of experience. And that's childbearing years, both for mothers and fathers for, of, of, of having small children. And so when we're interviewing staff, that's usually one of the things they ask is what is childcare like in Reno County and where can I bring my, you know, my, my infant or my toddler. And um, we have great, great places for three and four year olds, but infant to three is not so much. All right. And so that's going to be part of the issue here as well. And I know that uh, that that's a big emphasis for you guys is to try to get everything done as soon as you possibly can. And so for Ad Astra, obviously they've they continue on a growth track. What does that look like right now for them? I mean, obvi- that how many how many kids are you serving, roughly? Well, right now, um, it, it feels like a moving target, Nick. Uh, I, the last time I looked, I think it was 215. And so it is a, it is a little bit of, of growth pattern that we've seen. I do think we're starting to settle into a number that works for the number of staff we have. And uh, that's what we've been discussing when we even talk about capacity. What is going to be our capacity of our virtual program? And I think we're right at that capacity right now. Um, I talked to our uh, at Astra Director Erica Shook just recently about it. She said we could maybe push it to 250 if, if we had to. Um, but I feel like right around 220 to 225 is starting to feel like a good number for them to manage. And, you know, we don't want to get so big that we don't lose, we, that we lose that personal feel. And right now, our staff know all the students. They've been, most of their homes, they've been, um, they've come into our buildings. Um, I don't want to be so big that we become impersonal. And so there's this fine balance of where is that really sweet spot? Back on the BW Morning Show, Nick Gosnell and Cindy Couchman. She's the Bueller USD 313 superintendent. And um, Cindy, the next topic we're going to talk about is kind of hard, uh, but it's one that the state is talking about. Mm-hmm. And I know that uh, individual districts are too. And that is absenteeism. Um, COVID was weird because we wanted everybody to stay healthy. And so there was such an emphasis on if you have even a thought that you might be sick, let's not do it. Let's not come to school. Mm -hmm. And now you've kind of got to get kids and parents and everybody else back into the mindset of, no, we want to be here and we want to be in person as much as possible. Um, That's got to be a little bit of this push and pull. What else are the issues that are, that we have to deal with with that? Oh, I think COVID played a big part of that. And it wasn't that necessarily want they, you know, we still want students to stay home if they're sick. Um, but I think, it, I think we see it even in our workforce of getting people back to work and back to a routine. And um, it just got really easy to stay home, um, you know. That, that's what we're really starting to fight. That's what we fought coming out of COVID. Um, and we saw it with the chronic absenteeism. And chronic absenteeism of when you've missed 10% or more of the day's uh, school. And it's of the days that have been attended. So if, if we've only had 10 days of school at the beginning of the year and you miss one, you're chronically absent. So this is about the time that we start tracking it because we feel like we've got a lot of days under our belt now and we start paying attention to it. And last year we... Um, we really tried to make a real 
honest, intentional attempt at all of our buildings to start paying attention to students who are chronically absent and trying to get them back into our buildings in a uh, a daily manner because there's so much research that shows students who are chronically absent um, have a lot more battles to fight for being academically successful along with um, being, you know, getting a good routine about being responsible and showing up to work after post-secondary. There's a lot of research about uh, if you have are chronically absent for more than two years in a row, your ability to um, get on track for graduation goes way down. Um, even your health. There's some research on health aspects of being chronically absent. So we are trying to make a really good intentional effort to that and addressing it. And I am so proud of our buildings and our parents that have made it a priority because um, we dropped to 11% last year um, being chronically absent. The state is still at 20 2% chronically absent. That's a lot of students. You think about that. One in five is missing. You know, for us, that's 16 days of school. That's three weeks of school to be 10%. That's um, actually, yeah, even, yeah, about 16 to 17 days. We, we were in session about 170 days. So being chronically absent is missing more than 17 days of school in a year. Um, that's significant. And so um, we're still trying to get that down. Pre-COVID, we are down like, oh, I want to say, say 7% maybe pre-COVID. And don't quote me on that, but we're not quite to where we were before, but in one year, we made a huge amount of progress. Well, and that's so important, and I guess I don't know, how do you solve or even work with that? Is it those relationships that parents and teachers and, and school staff have? How do you how do you get to get that to kid to school on that fifth day a week, so to speak. Yeah, so it is intentional. It is come down to relationship. It's about engagement. We want our students to want to come, right? So that starts with engagement. We want them to be, we want them to want to be in our buildings. Um, relationships. We want our, our staff to notice who's gone and say, hey, you know, Nick, you were gone yesterday and we missed you. And where were you? And um, you're, you'll be here tomorrow though, right? It's making phone calls to those families and sometimes to the students when they're at high school and saying, where are you? Why aren't you here? Can you get here in the next hour? What do you need to get here? I can tell you lots of wonderful stories about our principals. Um, like we've had kids who miss the bus and said, oh, well, they missed the bus this morning because their parents are at work. And they said, you know what? I'll drive and come and get you because it's that important that you are in our buildings. I know our high school principal, Michael Elligood. Um, he is, he's a machine about that. He'll, he's, picked up a lot of kids and said, you're going to, I'm knocking on doors saying, Hey, let's get to school. Um, you've been gone a couple days. We miss you. It's important. You're here. Um, and so it's things like that. It's all the little things. It is the phone calls home from our secretaries. It is welcoming them when they do see them. So when they do come in, um, the first thing isn't where have you been? Why have you been gone? It's we're so glad you're here. And, um, so it's been intentional and we're starting to see some results from it. Well, and that is such a big piece because um, all of the measurables that everybody wants to talk about with regard to um, to school funding and state testing and all of that kind of stuff, you can't measure people that aren't there. Absolutely. You know, when you start, we talk about our graduation rate. Well, you know, you, you have to show up to graduate. <laughs> so that's, it all comes back to um, our ACT scores, our state assessment scores, all of that comes back to, we've got to get kids in the buildings. And you know, one of the critical age groups 
that affects um, academic success is K2. And a lot of people, a lot of parents will say, oh, well, it's first grade. We'll pull them out for this. We'll pull them out for that. And it's only first grade. But K2 is the most critical three ages to learning how to read. And um, we, we need those kids in our buildings. So, and, and, you know, honestly, it also helps our school culture, our classroom culture, because when students are in and out, it changes the, it changes the dynamic of a classroom. And we want that consistency for our students and for our staff.